I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. All right, everybody, welcome to another Drink of Ages radio show. Let me make some mic noise, adjust it a little bit. Yeah, this is your weekly beer, good beer drinking radio show. I was about to say music show, but we haven't done much music bands lately. But uh, I'm John Denman, DJ Muskratch is a producer. We're sitting over here at Drink of Ages Pub, 1005 Wall Drive. If you're in the area of Montrose, stop by, have a couple pints with us. And this episode of Drink of Ages is brought to you by Eight Wonder Brewery's Weisheimer. It's a delicious traditional German Hefeweizen. And if you haven't tried it yet, look for the cool little blue cans that have the little tile that used to be like the street markers in mm-hmm. Houston. So it's a great little throwback for that. Huh. But it's a really good beer, Eight Wonder Breweries Weissheimer, and you can find it in package and in draft all over Houston year round now. So if you need uh, coming up summertime, your good little lawnmower beer, outside activities, poolside, float in the river. Uh, what else you do in the summertime? I don't know. Wake up in the morning, take a nap, smoking some brisket. Smoke some brisket. Find ways not to be hot. A lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot Find of that. Cold water and cold air to, <laughs> yeah. to sit around and in. cold drinks. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but this week's show, this week's show, all the way from beautiful Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, OKC, baby. K- OKC. Uh, Coop L Works is here hanging out with us. So yes, we indeed. have Blake Jarlam and Toby Willis. Yes, sir. Howdy. Welcome to welcome to Houston. Glad to be here. Uh, it's a little warmer than Oklahoma City right now. It's like uh, 50 in Oklahoma City today, but it'll be in the 30s on Sunday. Oh, man. So it's like... Uh, they forgot it was spring. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, it's been a good time to be here. Uh, Dodge the, you know overly hyped weather today which often happens in my state as well oh yeah yeah we we did have i mean you, you probably i think what happened is that everybody knew that you were coming so they're like hey uh, tornado right. warnings you gotta make them feel <laughs> at home make, make, make it feel, feel at home. home yeah uh maybe there's a an f5 plug somewhere in there but <laughs> somewhere we'll, we'll, well, we'll get to that, that later yeah, yes yeah, yeah. for the for the <laughs> f5 ipa uh but yeah you know just to make you feel that's, that's houston for you. you know we're a very welcoming city so you know when um uh, Nola was on. We had a sewer gas come in to oh, help you. make feel comfortable oh, walking nice. down Bourbon Street. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. And nice. <laughs> actually, that did happen. And they're like, man, it kind of smells like Bourbon Street in here. It's like, yeah, it's not supposed to. <laughs> it's that really, wasn't the idea. It wasn't the we idea. Put, but we, yeah, we just wanted to make you feel comfortable. <laughs> it feel very comfortable. So I took my shirt off and uh, passed out a couple times during the show. And got some beads. Yeah, I got some beads. And yeah, it, was, it was a fun little fun little trip with the, with those guys but coop l works uh i you guys have been making some beers when, when did you guys open up 2009 just celebrated our ninth anniversary at the beginning of this month so uh that's some while. really nice growth in nine years i mean uh of course you're supplying oklahoma but uh go ahead and tackle texas yeah, uh, you know, being the neighboring state, despite the Red River rivalry and all of those college things and uh, the OKC, 
you know, James Harden thing, Thunder deal. Uh, yeah, you know. we, we definitely got the – we won that deal. We yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't going to bring up basketball just yet. You know, <laughs> we shouldn't have put him on the bench. Uh, you know, I'll forever think Scott Brooks uh, was really what was he thinking. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, can't well, knock on it. And uh, you guys are having a pretty good run this year. It's a pretty good run. And you can't, you can't hate Scott Brooks either. I mean, he won some world champions with the Rockets. Oh yeah, so, just Scotty Brooks just taking care of home. I yeah. forget Scotty yeah. Brooks goes all the way back to the Houston Roots. Oh, I remember, and uh, man, he was Kenny, uh, Kenny Smith. Yep, he backed up Kenny Smith, and uh, uh, man, yeah, for that uh, Rockets run, the championship back in the good days of '93, <laughs> '94. Yeah, he was a backup point guard. Yep, uh, I forget that. And yeah. I mean, honestly, Scott Brooks is a good dude. Glad he ended up, you know, seems to be doing well with the Wizards. I think he's with the Wizards now. So, yeah, all good, all good. But, uh, yeah, you can't keep a guy like James Harden as the sixth man of the year. I mean, that's – And expect for him to stay there. Unless you want to be like the 12th consecutive sixth man of the year. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. could do that. If that's your aspiration in life. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be the best backup ever. <laughs> Said uh, no one. Said no one. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like, isn't that second place? No, it is not second place. <laughs> nope. nope. It is a first place off the bench, uh, but no. But that that OKC team back then, that, they were they were one of my favorites uh, yeah. by far. It had such talent, and it's like that that sh- that should have been a championship. Yeah, you know they were all pretty young at that time, and you know it's all about chemistry, as as you know this season will show you. Uh, chemistry is a big deal. Uh, you can have all the talent in the world, but if they don't work together. Uh, not going to go very far. So I, I'm still, you know, maybe naively optimistic for the Thunder's postseason run. I feel like uh, the veterans get it together. We'll see if Carmelo can pull his head out of his ass. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's still the NBA. Yeah, exactly. So right. at the end, I mean, they're, they're have Rockets won as an eight seed. Yeah. They won their first championship. I didn't know that. Yes. No, they, no, were, okay. they were uh, sitting in last, the last seed to make it, barely made it, made it in. And, uh, yeah. Then the second year they won the championship. I think they were in the first seed, but not uh, mistaken. But yeah, and when we were the eighth seed, we went seven games in the championship. Yes. When we were the first seed, we swept uh, Shaq. Yeah, yeah, the Magic, uh, and uh, whoever was it? Not Horace Grant. Whoever? Penny Hardaway. No, who who missed all the free throws and? Oh, that was Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. Yeah, yeah. All they he had, had to do was he had three free throws. That's, Oddly, as if I remember right, his number was three. All he had to do was hit one of the three. And he didn't hit any of the three. Really? Yes. Which I was happy. Yeah, sure, I mean, it, sure. was, it worked out for you guys. Yes. Huh. Now it'd be fun to fun to win another championship because uh, I remember, yeah, I was a. Uh, yeah, I wasn't 21 when they won the champion first championship, uh-huh. but it was it was quite the party in Houston. And of course, we had to run to Gallery Furniture to get our Rockets championship T-shirts. Oh. The only problem though is that 45 was completely stopped, and everybody was just having a. It was like a big party on 45. Yeah, and no yeah. burning of there, cars no. or tipping over. Uh, no. Where we just were uh, on Richmond Avenue. That was just, you couldn't move. It was just car after car really? and everybody just doing the right thing and having a good time. I huh. mean, there may have been a lot of people on top of cars going down the freeway sure. and stuff like that, but, you sure. know, they, they weren't hurting anybody, but yeah. maybe their own so. car. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. It was fun. Yeah, that's it was, cool. Uh, 
I remember those days. Uh, this is when, days. if we were in a TV show, it'd be like go into a dream sequence, and it'd be a lot. <laughs> it, everything would be a lot prettier than what I remember. It. Yeah. Yeah, what I actually, yes. How I remember it's a lot prettier than probably how it actually was. I actually was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, this year it'd be great to see another one. I mean, with the Astros yeah. about to start, and good they, time uh, to be a sports Houston sports good fan. Good time that's for sure. Yep. But uh. Oh yeah, back to nine back, years. Back to nine years, yeah. Nine years. That's that's like I said, that's some really good growth in uh, tackle Texas. Um, Oklahoma is not really a small little territory either. No, and uh, Oklahoma's always surprised us with how well we've done the draft count and the amount of beer we make and still sell in Oklahoma. Never ceases to amaze me. But uh, we we started off in Oklahoma at the time could have no draft sales so we had no retail outlet and growing a business starting with draft only only going to distributors was a really slow growth model you know like compared to you know whatever story you can hear about uh, a brewery blowing up and uh, so it's been good and now the laws have changed it's been really fortuitous for us but when we moved to our building now four years ago we only had six employees and now we have 28. And so that growth, even in the past four years, has been immense and intense and uh, uh, been a lot of fun. And uh, I've said this, you know, the past couple of days that if I had known how hard it was going to be, I would have just stayed a middle school teacher. Uh, but luckily, I've grown along the way and been able to kind of widen my perspective of the industry and, and what it means to be part of our team now uh, one day at a time. So, uh, man, Have you seen any middle schoolers lately? I, I'd rather deal with super drunk people because <laughs> they're not much different. <laughs> no, they're not. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, middle school teacher, I remember uh, – yeah, they're, they're just they're they're awful. My kids are in high school now, and I you know they're when they were in middle school they were bad. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's a tough age, you know. All those hormones coming in, and it is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde day after day. But uh, it was fun. I really like the teachers that I work with, and still hang out with some of them. Uh, but it uh, it was like, hey, you want to come make beer for a living? Like, yeah, I'll give that a try. Aspiring yeah. home brewer. Let's let's go ahead and give this a roll. Can always go back to teaching if necessary. It's true. Uh, there will always be need for underpaid stewards <laughs> of society. <laughs> uh, yes, and, and good ones at that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's, that's, that's a whole uh, other discussion. That's though. a whole other discussion. Just putting a body in front of the room, that, uh, that's that's at least something. But uh, uh, good ones, that's a little, a little tougher ask. I'm really surprised uh, that, that they're not to the point now where, I mean, because right now my, my kids, they have to have some sort of device. And they've had to pretty much since elementary school had to have some sort of device for their work. So, I mean, how much longer is it to where it's just like your teacher appears when you walk into the classroom on your phone? Right. Yeah. Hey, good morning. Right. Time to work or on a hologram. Something. Yeah, a hologram. Yeah. It yeah. would be if they could, you know, it would be cheaper than paying all those teachers in the worst way to put it. But yeah. that is kind of. You know, there's something to be said for automating it all because then you can maybe put some money where it needs to be for, you know, facilities and schools and all the food. Man, don't get me started yes. on the cafeteria system. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, on that note, let's take a break. Yeah. <laughs> good, good We're about to get serious over here. Yeah, Bonds, yeah. how much more money do they need yeah. for these schools? How did, did we, we got real political, like sports talk radio all of a sudden down to just starting to get real dark. <laughs> Let's uh, take a break. My kids go to Dawson High School, and they, when they built it, it was like a, a university. It's mm. giant. 
giant. Within two years, they're already putting uh, temporary classrooms really? behind it. Wow. And it's like, well, there goes that millions of dollars of uh, taxpayer money. That yeah. Uh, oh, let's take a break. <laughs> let's drink beer. It's more fun. Right. All right, Drink of Ages. We'll be back with Coop Works. Friends on the west side at No Label Brewery have been real busy. They're making great beers like Side Haze, Phase 2, and now Squeeze and Twist IPA. This low ABV is great for all day taking care of business. Very light and refreshing. Squeeze and Twist IPA from No Label is one to try. You can find this beer on draft and in new 12-ounce cans along with other No Label Brews at your favorite store, bar, or stop by the brewery and get some. NoLabelBrew.com Wild West Brewfest is happening May 4th and 5th at Katie Mills Mall in the parking lot. This award-winning beer festival features over 130 breweries and over 600 beers. This beer fest has something for everyone. Come out May 4th and join us at the launch party to get everyone ready for the big fest on Saturday, May 5th. VIP tickets are available and offers more specialty brews and delicious complimentary food. WildWestBrewFest.com for all the info and tickets. The Wild West Brewfest is one of the few events of its kind that donates all proceeds to charity. Come out and have some great beer and a good time while also supporting a wonderful cause. WildWestBrewFest.com And DJ Muskrash, the producer, sitting over here at Drink of Ages Pub, drinking some beer with Coop L Works. We have Blake and Toby hanging out. So, welcome back, guys. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so you, you were a middle school teacher and just enjoyed brewing beer. Yeah, I uh, got the homebrew kit, kind of the, the story. Made, the, made beer for the first time, thought it was a giant pain in the ass and didn't really want to do it again. And then the next morning it was bubbling in my closet why is it bubbling i'm not even touching it and then that was kind of the hook in my mouth and so people started paying me for homebrew and i'd use all that money to buy ingredients because drinking it was kind of the the stop in my production cycle and so just being able to buy more ingredients experiment with everything on the grocery store aisle that had sugar in it and uh then uh the head brewer of coop at the time the first summer they were open knew i was a teacher had the summer off and it was like hey you want to work here as a summer job and thought hell yeah i do yes so this uh, camp of course I yeah. Yeah, let's do it yeah it's like uh you know so they you know brought me on and then uh i did beer events took off school to go to gabf to make like our hundredth batch that we ever made the first batch of f5 that we ever made and then that next summer they hired me as a assistant brewer and three months later chase left and here we are some eight years later, so 
Very nice. Yeah. It's interesting how things work out like that. It is. Uh, and, and it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, and you seem to be pretty happy if you're still doing it. Yeah. I mean, you are, yes, at the end, it is a job, but you are, you are making beer. And yeah. And I say it all the time. Which, if you're if you're in Texas, um, it is not advised to sell your homebrew. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, this uh, is off, that's off the record. Yeah, uh, off the record. <laughs> off the record. Um, yeah, not advised to sell your homebrew. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but you know, that's a good way to be able to buy some more ingredients and yeah, expand yeah. your homebrew <laughs> hobby. I did. It didn't yes. work out well in that name. Pay the taxes. Just pay the taxes. Just pay yeah. the taxes. Yeah, make yeah. sure the state gets theirs. By sell, I meant. Uh, <laughs> Mm. So, opening up a spare rib right now, Pell Yeah. Which is, for one, I mean, it's a good-looking can, and it's a really good beer. Well, thank you. Uh, spare rib, now that we're, we're talking about it, was one of the homebrews that we would drain a whole keg of every football Saturday, college football Saturday. It was one of the homebrewing recipes. And then the, you know, the Oklahoma laws – had that four percent cap on them for ga- or have the four percent cap for gas stations and grocery stores, and at the time, kind of session IPAs were coming in, session pale ales, and so I thought I think I can make this at four percent and really, really do well. And in Oklahoma, lower alcohol beers have carried such a bad reputation for so long because macro breweries are the only ones in gas station or were the only ones in gas stations and grocery stores. So even still today, I can go home and get a lot of flack for making water beer and all of these things that are just people not understanding the trends in our industry and what's going on. But we always just kept it in Oklahoma because we never really saw a need outside of market. But whenever we launched new markets, I remember specifically sitting in the Kansas distributor warehouse and we had spare rib because we had every beer we made there. And they go, well, I really like this. Can I can I get that too? And we're like, well, yeah, I guess if you want it. And it turns out Kansas had 3-2 Law too, and we have since worked there. But spare rib at like... Barbecue joints just goes over like bananas and all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I could see it very well going over uh, the barbecue joints. No, I want some barbecue. <laughs> you know, with a spare rib. <laughs> Not but, mentioned. Uh, the three-two law. Let's let's talk about that just for a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oklahoma is no longer that way, right? The, in October of this year, so in what six months from now, five months from now, uh, will will kind of do away with that law. And so that's a, a pretty big change, not only for the retailers, but for us as brewers, because we kind of have our own inborn uh, market expansion within the market we've been in for nine years. True. And so also the distributor laws are changing. So we were a non-franchise state and, you know, not to get into the boring weeds about stuff, but we've got to pick one distributor now of the 13 we've been selling to. And so the dynamics of all of that stuff leading up to October uh, are really interesting and very, very top of mind right now. I would imagine so, because I mean that's uh, every decision you make at this point greatly affects your business and how it moves forward. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and so having that the foundation that we do, we stand in a unique place that's not a lot of precedent in any other states or the kind of history of craft beer in recent times, because not very many states have gone from 
th uh, having non-franchise laws to having franchise laws, much less sort of the one of the bigger breweries in a state. So uh, we've had a lot of meetings in the past six months. and uh, I would imagine. Uh, three, two laws, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that means that um, you can buy beer from all over the place, but it's three, two beer. You have to go to a liquor store to buy anything above three, two. Correct. So okay. gas stations, grocery stores have three, two beer, uh, and I, I guess in some cases wine only uh, at the current time. And then in October, you'll be able to buy up to 9% uh beer in, in those locations and, and ours is seven days a week so that that will stay the same but uh yeah yeah i found out about three two beer in utah one ah. time and after you know we we're up there doing some snowboarding and it's like man these are going down really easy and <laughs> all i'm doing is peeing a lot it's <laughs> like so is it the altitude no it's not the altitude yep. it's yep. just not real beer yep so, There's uh, a lot of other weird things about Utah, but all private <laughs> clubs you have to pay for a membership. Private clubs, yes. If you're gonna drink alcohol, liquor, they can't. They, every shot has to be measured. I think it's. Uh, I think the limit is one ounce. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough state to be a a, a drinker. Uh, and I've even heard. I mean, obviously the 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 Mormon Church obviously has a lot to do with that. But that when the three two laws changed there, the you know the ABI was a big part of that change, so that they you know can create one skew across the board. And when we were in Colorado and they were talking about the phase out change, they said that they had to go to the the Mormon Church deacons to discuss like creating that change. And it's like that's an impressive. Uh, how much the religion plays a role in the politics of that state. That's wild. Well, and and they, they wear pasties. I'm going to put that out there, too. Maybe somebody needs to go to the deacons and say, come on, man, free the nibble. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Free uh, the nibble. I love it. But Oklahoma, uh, I really haven't spent a whole lot of time in Oklahoma other than Broken Bow. Which oh wow! Broken Bow is a yeah, wonderful Down, place down in Hutchitown. Yes, That's yeah, right. a beautiful lake, and you know, we we get we stay there quite. Actually, it's been probably about three or four years since we've gone, but we we're on a like once a year we were going up there for about five years. Um, Beautiful place. Uh, got a nice little casino in there and a little winery that's outside of that. But that's about as far as I've ever really ventured into Oklahoma. Yeah. And when uh, I always wanted to go up back to the Rockets, yeah, you know, as, as to go up there and watch the Rockets right, play right. OKC. Uh, Oklahoma City in the past 10 years has gone undergone a, a cultural revolution. I, I wouldn't say there was much to speak of as far as food, culture, and just overall cool things that are going on but uh there's a lot that has happened since the bombing um that has just kind of all come together and then when we first uh when katrina happened and we got the hornets that was kind of our gateway to eventually getting you know sonic slash thunder and uh, it, it's a cool place there are a lot of good places i could recommend i'm super proud of our city because i've watched it grow and, and that's one of the things about the brewery and being around for nine years we've been a part of that kind of cultural revolution just by the timing of our opening. And so that's been fortuitous and, 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 and lucky in some ways, but it, uh, it's been great to grow with the city too. No, it's like, I mean, you put a brewery somewhere and it makes the whole community better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like man. a neighborhood bar. That's it. <laughs> uh, how many breweries are in Oklahoma city? 
Oh, man, that's a good question. I would guess on the better side of maybe a dozen. Not bad. Yeah, we got about a dozen. Now, when we opened up, we were like the fifth. And if you count brew pubs, which can only make 3-2 beer, we were like the fifth brewery in Oklahoma, fifth or sixth. And so, uh, you know, now the, it's it's blown up pretty good and, and for the better. Uh, we've had people leave our place and, and uh, become a part of breweries. You know, former brewer of Avery started one uh, in Oklahoma City, some, and they they make great beers. So there, there's some really good stuff going on. It's fun to see the develop, and nearly all of those people who have opened them have walked through our doors. We've tried to you know give advice, help as much as we can, um, and and that's been fun to see. And and the guild has come together. We now have a craft brewers association of Oklahoma, and all of that stuff's grown. And um, it's it's been fun to to help pioneer the culture in Oklahoma. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, there's not very many industries. It's like the brewery industry where you, you can't, if you're opening up a, any uh, any other business, you go to your competitor and go, hey, man, I've got a question for you. You're like, oh, let me give you every advice you ever need, you know, right. but really good, solid advice on how right. to, like, this is where we made our mistakes, you know, so you don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. And, but you, you see that in this industry. There's and a, There's Avery, a big brewery here in town that, that's done it for just about every brewery that's that's now here yes yeah and a big shout out to st arnold i mean they were some of the original people steven and uh aaron and all those guys over there they've been super helpful always answering emails when we're doing equipment upgrades and uh they you know they they're one of those people that i on a top three list up there with avery and left hand uh, that have really given us a lot of advice when we were opening up, and it's been super cool. So we'll try to reciprocate the same sort of love down the pipeline. So it's been All good. Right. Let's take another break, and when we get back, we'll be hanging out with Coop L Works some more here at Drink of Ages Pub. Stay tuned. <laughs> Tap is killing it with their IPAs, Heavy Hands, Justin, Houston Hayes, Draped Up. All have been phenomenal brews. With all the tasty releases, man, don't forget about Hop Gusher. This has been one of my favorite go-to beers for a while now. 6.5%, nicely balanced with a blast of hoppy aroma. The citrus taste and slight bitterness makes this a crowd pleaser. Grab some Hop Gusher and make this a regular in your beer fridge. If you are a fan of good beer, then come by Drink of Ages Pub, 1005 Wall Drive in Montrose. We have over 200 beers with 32 specialty rotating taps of badass beers, cider, kombucha, and cold-brewed nitro coffee. Take a 32-ounce growler or build a mixed six-pack to go. You can even bring your own growlers in, and we will fill them. Drink of Ages Pub, badass beer for here, badass beer to go.
back in. We're hanging out with Blake and Toby from Coop L Works up in Oklahoma City. Uh, we're actually at Drink of Ages Pub, uh, but they're down hanging out. Which, Toby, you live in Houston. You're from Houston, and you're, the, you're the sales rep manager down here, you know, covering all a lot of territory. All of Southeast Texas. That's that's a lot of territory. It's a lot, it's a lot of miles. Over uh, uh, over 35,000 miles driven on the car, and I'm a few weeks short of a year. <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about write-offs. <laughs> that <laughs> well, mileage deduction. You don't make money at home. <laughs> yeah. Mileage deductions uh, is, is something that I need to pay more attention to. <laughs> yeah. It's up to around 58 cents a mile now. Oh, man. Yeah, that's not bad. That's uh, why we bought him a car. It's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> Cheaper than the 58 cents. That's, yes. get the 58. that's for damn sure. Yep. Um, but covering all, I mean, covering all the territory uh, and being, what was it, last October? When did, no, when did, it was 2017 May. when you guys popped into Texas. June 5th, we uh, uh, started selling. It was a uh, Monday, and uh, we had signed with Favorite. We kicked off a party with them, and. Then did a big party at uh, Cottonwood for the industry. For mostly, we mostly were trying to focus on uh, uh, retail because I'm of the belief when you build a brand, you need to. When I have it in a bar and somebody drinks it, they like it. The first question they ask is, "Where can I go buy it?" So you need to have it in retail first and in, in off-premise accounts. So we really focused on that for the first few months, and now really hitting. Uh, 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 on-premise accounts, bars, restaurants, clubs, uh, a lot more. Well, it seems to be doing really well because I see Coop in a lot of places. Toby's been Toby's been working it down here. If if Blake wasn't making the good beer, it would not be growing, right? <laughs> Symbiotic relationship. It, it works makes well. the best beer ever, but you can have nobody on the ground. This is true, and, and get anybody in his mouth. So yeah, yeah. I know that we we've carried. Pretty much most of them at one point right. up here at Drink of Ages, and right now we have the uh, the DNR, the Casket Series. Casket Series, yes. Our latest release is a uh, bourbon barrel with chocolates. Blake can talk a little bit more about uh, the details of it, but um, that being said, in about two months we're going to have my favorite of the Casket Series, which is a brandy barrel with cherries. Oh man, yeah. Uh, the Casket Series has been a, been a fun one for me. Uh, the the young DNR, uh, you can always I can always taste the potential of aging it a little longer, and so it's been fun to do. We've done brandy barrel, tequila barrel, whiskey barrel, rye barrel. Um, I just got some Laphroaig barrels in at the brewery, so we're gonna do a Scotch barrel aged DNR. They'll come out next year, hopefully, if it's good. Uh, but yeah, the the casket with chocolate, we uh, did it in, in uh, whiskey barrels for three, four months, and then added cacao to the bright tank once we got it out of the barrels. And uh, yeah, it's uh, turned out pretty nice. It was actually uh, a favor to kind of one of the, the founding uh, partner of the brewery, Daniel, who's... Uh, the only kind of founder who still works in the functional part of the brewery, and, and he's our CEO, for lack of a better way to say it. But he's like, hey, I, I want you to give this a roll and do it with chocolate. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds sounds like it might not be that good. Yeah, and so then we did it, and I was like, you know what? I'm pretty pleasantly surprised with this. It turned it's out all right. Very drinkable. It's really, it's really complex, too. It's, yes. it's not in-your-face chocolate. It doesn't... No, there are a lot of chocolate uh, uh, stouts. This is not that. It's a Belgian strong. 
uh, I don't know. I've never tasted another one like this. It's uh, it's pretty fantastic because you get slight, slight bourbon, a little bit more chocolate, but still the Belgian, uh, the Belgian strong stands out as a star. Yeah, and having done it for the first time, I, I would like a little more bourbon in there. Look, look forward to leaving it in the bur- barrels a little bit longer before we pull it out next time. But you know, uh, I'm not. I'll be the first to admit. You know, every time we do a beer, it's like, what, what can we do to, to tighten it up a little bit? What can we do to, to grit the vision? But we got we got closer than I thought we would. Pretty happy with it, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun beer, and it was. I kind of put the six month timeline on anything with vanilla beans cocoa coffee all that kind of stuff i feel like in my experiments they kind of start to die off and this one has this chocolate it was super chocolatey at first and it's settled out a little bit and now you can get a little bit of the background flavors i like where it's at right now and it's, it's interesting that i mean aged in the barrels and so when it came, came out of the whiskey barrels it's probably just you're like i don't really don't want to put any cacao in this <laughs> yeah right and it's like right. all right well how much do we put in there because uh, it's going to completely change absolutely that was that was the biggest thing and it was like i had experimented with like pure cocoa powder and then you know like how do i do it how do do i need to put it back through the centrifuge which i didn't and i think i that's another thing i spin it back again get a little bit of that haze out there out of there but uh all in all for kind of wet thumb to the wind and a little bit of experimentation you know we did some small five balance like kind of testers of it and put it on in the tap room and went back and forth and it was like this is where we landed and and, and all of that worked out pretty well well uh, we had that tequila one on Right. That was uh, one, the, the one before this, so we, the, the casket series. It was the, yeah. it was the one before that this, was yeah. That was definitely a crowd favorite. It was a tequila bomb. Yes. Was a, yeah, there was no doubt about what, what barrel that Which was Which one in. now was it? Smell like tequila? <laughs> Tastes like I mean, it was it good. Was, it, was, it was, but about halfway through a 12-ounce uh, a bottle of it, the beer really shone yeah. through. It, at first, it was almost a tequila shot, but... After that, it just mellowed out to be really, really well. It balanced. needed to warm a little bit. Yes. It did better. It's one of those beers that like it really opened up as it came, and, well, and once kinda, you kind of like a tequila shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Uh, so yeah, and then I saw some gin barrels come up on the barrel for him today, and I thought, well, maybe I'll just grab ten and see what yeah. happens. You know, I mean. Uh, uh, don't know until you try, right? You don't know until you try. Post-it yep. notes were a mistake. <laughs> you know, you just never know what could happen. Yep, yep. Uh, F5 is your IPA. Uh, very easy, nice, hoppy. I mean, it's just a nice, good, clean, hoppy IPA. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew up in the days when, like, Ruination was the whale beer and, like, West Coast IPAs were the thing and... And uh, West Coast IPA from Green Flash was really a big inspiration to F5 because uh, I was like, uh, I just, and we thought Oklahoma isn't ready for a West Coast style IPA. We're going to make it for us because we think it tastes good, but there's no way they're going to handle it. And we have not been able to keep that beer Can't in the cold room it, yeah. since. I mean, we when we were at the old brewery, we would just make F5. Until we couldn't not make the other beers, and then we would make like a couple of batches of them, and then start making F5 over and over again. And we make a lot of it. We sell a lot of it, um, and it's it, it's funny now, like with the juicy trend and the flavor bomb IPAs, like where it's come from, and like people criticizing it, and it's like, look, 
you know, this beer has a heritage. Not not to compare it to Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or any of those beers like that, but like those beers were made in a in a microcosm of time, and they they're respected and great for what they are. And and so and and F5 it just it's the reason we sit here today. It's uh, it's been a great beer for us and really unexpectedly, happy. yeah, man. A, a spring seasonal turned you know kind of our flagship beer. So it's been pretty cool. When when Coop started, how many brands? did you have i want to say four uh porter our wheat beer blondale and amber and dnr so we did have five um and uh which one were you th- was you think was picked to be the okay this the blonde we're going to be exactly. producing you called so it. much blonde you called it horny toad we thought for sure you know and it was branded as a cerveza back then i think and so it was like really trying to capture that marketing moment yep. uh and i was like Wait, but we make this with ale yeast, so we, we need to call it a blonde. Like, we need to call it what it is. And so Native was actually, Native ended up being, or Amber, ended up being the number one seller. Yes, there was a Dos Equis on. It was to see, I thought it was going to be hilarious to see if anybody noticed. <laughs> it didn't last very long. I pulled it up. Anybody need a Dos Equis keg? Anybody having a party? <laughs> this is a real life moment right there. Yes, oh, we are. Yeah, when uh, yeah, was, there, there's a there's a theater of radio, right? That that yeah, I've been on some shows, and they're like, "Oh, we're sitting here, and this is." I'm like, uh, "No, we're really not." Uh, uh, oh, this is going. No, man, this is, is that a sound effect? Yeah. You know, uh, no, we're actually sitting here at the bar, and people come by, and they they yell and they talk, and and. If, if uh, FCC could hear half the stuff, to, like the background conversations, <laughs> then we'd probably have been kicked off a long time ago. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun little place. Uh, but, yeah, the blonde. Uh, oh, yeah. So Native was, and Native ended up being the number one beer out of the gate. So we got a tiny two-headed canning line that you hand-filled. It took, like, four people to make a, eight hours to make 100 cases. It was like your hands were freezing. And like we used grain bags as aprons, uh, that was another time. But uh, so native and toad, our blonde and our amber were the number, the first two beers we canned, and we had released F5 right as we started canning beer. And it was like, well, uh, should have got that can, but we couldn't handle the demand uh, of F canning F5 until we moved to our new building. So. Uh, it was uh, a learning process. I mean, the whole thing is you never know what, what people are going to latch on to. You really don't. Uh, so. After talking to so many breweries, uh, and very rarely have they gone, this is going to be our number one seller. Right. And it turns out to be the number one seller. Yeah. It's just uh, everyone's like a surprise. Yeah. They, uh, they may not be the most honest brewer if they're saying that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's get some beer refills here. And uh, we're talking with Coop L Works. This is Drink of Ages. Be right back.
Whether a startup brewery or distillery or you've been around for years, the badass folks at Cash Branding has to be your go-to source for branded merchandise and apparel. Cash Branding does it all, from imprinted glassware, coasters, koozies, tin tackers, and bottle openers to dickies and red cap work shirts, t-shirts, and caps. Their apparel decorating options are top-notch, offering embroidery and the latest trends in screen printing, using water-based and discharge inks to achieve that super soft feel. Artwork services and samples are always free. Why go out of town or use multiple supplies for your branded merchandise? Keep it local like we do. Let the badasses at Cash Branding, the official merchandise sponsor of Drink of Ages, kick your branded merchandise and apparel up a notch. Give them a call at 855-376-7638 or check them out at cashbranding.com. Unfortunately, the last segment of Drink of Ages Radio for this week's show. Uh, we're hanging out here at Drink of Ages Pub with Coop L. Works. Um, Blake Jarlam and Toby Willis is here with us. And Blake, you're, of course, you're the head brewer up at Coop, and which it was really odd because I'm sure you get this a lot, but this week it's like, who's going to be on the show this week? I'm like, Coop. They're like, Co- co-op? I'm like, no, Coop. <laughs> Coop. There's no yeah. dash or slash. It's, it's, yeah. it's Coop. And uh, the the long story is that they wanted to name it Co-op Ale Works because of all the grain co-ops around the city, but you can't put co-op on the name of a private business, and they'd done all the branding and stuff, and so since Coop was short for Cooper, because it was supposed to be a play on words, they ran with the Coop, Cooper side of it, and uh, so yeah, that it, it was it was Coop and it stuck, but before I worked there, when I was in the homebrew shop asking the... the the head of the homebrew shop, I was like, hey, you heard about this co-op ale works? He's like, it's Coop, bro. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. But we, <laughs> we hear it every day. We've heard it a lot here. Yep. And, no, and I'm it, sure. we, we just accept. I mean, it's just part of our heritage, part of what we've always done. And It gives us an end to talk to you and explain the story. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's cool. Uh, totally get it. So how many barrels are you guys producing now? We uh, I think we were around 14,000 last year um, on a 30-barrel brew house, you know, uh, we'll see how expansion things go. We we have growth expectations. I can tell you we we've had a bigger uh, February and March than we expected, and so all, all that stuff's been good. And uh, sales seems pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I said that in meeting the other day. I was like, right now the sales team's kicking my ass. Uh, <laughs> That's a good thing. That's and, our job. Uh, and I I was looking at the numbers this morning, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm not wrong. Nice. I didn't get behind. Uh, where, <laughs> nice. When you sell 25 percent more horny toad this month than you did last month, uh, that's not really what production planned for. So uh, no, it's, I mean it's a, it's a bad problem to have. But it's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like uh, running out of your beer at, uh, uh, and 
it'll be in in a couple days. It's great that you sold enough to run out, but you never want to not let anyone have the beer. Well, it's such a competitive market that I'm sure, I mean, Houston is is just like anywhere else that, you know, with so many different breweries, uh, just competing with the local breweries on top of the national brands, then all the other breweries that are now, you know, we have Bells, you know, that dropped in last year, and they're they're trying to get their, you know, get some of the market share down here. And in case you haven't heard, there are a lot of people in Texas. There's a, there's, it's, it's kind of a big place. Yeah. And there, there's a few like cities. I, I know you got started in Dallas and then went to Dallas first, right? Yeah. And Dallas, then Houston. Dallas, Dallas was about uh, 15 months before Houston. Yeah. And, and Dallas isn't a small little city. Oh, no. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good little test market yeah, you know, for Texas for you guys. Yeah, buddy. And, and then we have a lot of expats that live here, and obviously right next door, keeping the beer fresh and all that stuff's important to us. Just made sense, you know. And one thing we found is Texans love to drink beer. We weren't the, you know, we weren't if if we weren't sure, we're sure now. You know, everybody talks about you know, oh, it's getting there's going to be a bubble. It's like no, man. You know how how many people in Texas drink beer? Yeah, <laughs> the, the only like eight billion. I think yeah. it was the last number I <laughs> yeah. counted. The only bubble is. What's coming from the big boys? Uh, craft beer, there, there's such an art to it. It's, it's so much fun. There's a culture. That's what 40 years ago, that's what the, the big boys were. And they're not anymore. It's just, it's just what you drink because it's there and that's what you're used to drinking. Craft beer has gotten those people over and it brings people to drink of ages, to have a beer and hang out with friends. It, that's the difference with craft beer and all the other guys. Nobody's going to go, oh, this is on tap, so we're going to go here and hang out, except for with craft beer. And it's a, it's a phenomenon that I can't see a bubble or it going away anytime soon. I think the, the last number I saw was craft breweries are at like 12.7%, something like I that. Saw, yeah. and, and it's like, oh, man, that's great. But then you go, okay, um, there's like 4,000 craft breweries that make, between those 4,000 breweries, have are making 20,000 brands of beer that they're trying to put out there. And one macro beer outsells all 20,000 of those. So it's like, there is plenty of room We're sure. growing. to grow. We're growing. Sure. And I mean, I, and a lot of people like on the kind of brainiac analytical side, like say, oh, if national average is 12.7%, but Houston is five and a half percent. Then to bring it up to the national average, so much more room to grow and all that stuff. And that's it's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, certainly, the amount of craft breweries or SKUs has to slow down at some point, just because of the the Shelf kind of the, yeah the the nature of how fast. Just trying it's to grown. come up with a name for a beer. I dude, mean, that's that's dude, eventually he's going to have to stop. Dude, right there. coming up with a name is the worst process of <laughs> all time. All yeah. the good things you ever thought of, somebody else thought of. Somebody There's already a lot has of quippy it. mother in the industry. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness, it's so hard. Wineries have had it for 20, 30 years though. It's it's not a new new issue. It it is what it is, but. That also brings the magic of craft beer and the uh, the art of the of making the beer brings it to my side and the sales and and all of those marketers out there to come up with that. Sure, it, you got to have a challenge. You got to make a different beer. 
Right. Yeah, it's that's a tough deal. But all that to say, you know, there's there's a little bit of a scare in the industry, a little bit of hesitation because the the growth is slowing, but it's not it's still growing, you know. So, I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. And it's so much bigger, so the percentage of growth is naturally going to get less because you have a bigger section to percentage off of. But all that to say, uh, we, we've been fortunate, and you know, you see things around the industry right now, and some layoffs, and some squeezes, and and all that stuff, and it's uh, it definitely makes you think twice about when you're in expansion mode and how much capex you have, and and all those expenditures on the growth side of things. You know, you don't want to leverage too much and expect growth that you're not going to get. And if you have to have that growth to be able to fund an expansion, kind of get in a scary space. You're putting yourself in a bad situation. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. But at the same time, I mean, it's, you, there's that, hey, let's just see what happens. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, the potential is definitely there. So. Yeah, you need to leave room for the potential, but not necessarily put the cart before the horse. And that's right. the delicate balance. And as with any business, you know, if you got people standing out in line, you don't want to deny them the ability to come in, but you also can't, you know, buy the Galleria just to, to fit everyone in because you think one day it'll be that big. So it's a, it's a tough balance. And as a business owner, one of those things that you're always refining and talking and have an internal kind of dialogue about. Yeah, well, I mean, nine years, nine years um, with Coop being open, it, I, you've seen so many different changes in the industry completely from, you know, styles of beer to accessibility to ingredients. For sure. Uh, just other regions growing hops that's never even been heard of before right. with all these new flavors and, and, and aromas. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's been it's a nine years of being able to be like, it's like an advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I was having that experience, having the contacts, um, you know, and talking about hop providers a little bit ago. I have a very good relationship with my hop provider and, and very open dialogue because I, I beat around the bush for a while. And, and I don't know. If, I've probably talked about this before a long time ago. Simcoe was an original hop in F5, but in the hop dropout in 2011 or whenever it was, and there was just nothing available, I, my hands were tied. And Falconer's Flight was something they recommended. We threw it in there, and then it was like, this may be like a little better than that was before, but now we're stuck, we're stuck with it. And, and so I have... It's like a commodities contract, it feels like now. I have hops scheduled to 2020 right yeah. now because they that way they can go to the growers to know what to put into the ground. And uh, it's an important part of the business. Something you never think of when you're like making home brews and wanting to open a brewery is that, yeah, now I have to drop hundreds of thousand dollars or promise hundreds of thousand dollars on these hop contracts or grain prices and, and all of that stuff that... You know, it affects the bottom line, but it affects the stability of your business, the sustainability of your business. So, um, not you don't want to have to change a hop and a beer you've been making for nine years uh, because that's not what the people have grown to love. You know, I mean, consistency is one of consistency. the oh. major, yes, major components of making good beer. Right, right. Uh, you want people to have the same experience each time, and um, you know, everyone has their consistency stories and all of that, but 
and we've we've been fortunate enough to have the dawn of a micro program, you know, running running micro every time it moves tanks and DO levels and all that stuff that hopefully um, is a is a continued effort to get it in your hand as close to what it left the brewery uh, as possible. Uh, but uh, that's always a, a battle to fight, and it, it feels a lot better now than it did. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there's there's so many challenges and making a, basically a living creature and <laughs> keeping it alive for yeah. Because sometimes you got to think three months from now, what's it going to taste like? Right. And, um, and it's not in your hands. You have no control have over it. No over control that over it. We can keep it cold in our building as long as we have it, you know, in the perfect conditions. But once it's out our door, you never know what journey oh, that, that can's going to take. I've been to a few bars. I was like, oh, that's a good beer. Let me have a pint. And it's like. Those lines are not good. You're doing this brewery horrible justice. Yeah. I mean, it's just you're not representing them. And I, I let them know. It's like, I let the brewery know, hey, man, you guys just go over there and talk to them, clean some lines, start over. That's the other of the bars that we sell to, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay away from those. The other day I heard a story, and this, I mean, last week this happened in Oklahoma City. A guy was having trouble with the keg foaming. So for whatever reason, he thought, I'm going to lay a bar towel across the top of the keg before I tap it so it doesn't spray me when I put the tap in there. And it was like, I don't know if you've ever thought about how a keg works, like the dispensing apparatus, but you laying a towel over the stem of the keg before you put a coupler in there is not going to work out well. It's not not going to work out well. Oh, yeah, but you ask him. It's a gas It's a gas like. Turns out he had some Euro Sankey that had an extra long stem in there. And so every time he'd start to press in, it would spray. It would spray everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so we just got another coupler and changed it out. It worked fine. But uh, I was like. Yeah. Inexperience. Uh, just can, uh, when you get think you, you know really soaked everything. It's like, wow. Man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Then, um, those places are out there. They are. Unfortunately. And, and as a brewery, you know, where you're like, okay, we're making the finest product we can make to put it in the market for everyone to enjoy just like they're sitting at the brewery there's a thousand ways it can go wrong and had not some had one of us not been across the bar enjoying a bourbon at a bar with somebody else seeing this bartender get sprayed in the cooler would have never known so it's like how many it just makes you like crazy about how many kegs you sell and how many times that happens oh and you should see the stuff that comes back on the stems of kegs like full entrees inside these kegs you know yeah but uh, Black Widows ran into two Black Widows cleaning kegs, turned it upside down, full on web, you know, wow. quarter, half dollar size Black Widows in there. Man, that, that's just something you, just when you're like, hey, you know, job, I'm going to work baby. at a brewery. You yeah. don't really think about perks of you the know, job. dying from a spider bite <laughs> or getting superpowers, whichever one you know, works you know. out. Uh, you become a super brewer at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, fellas, man, I'm glad you guys stopped by. Uh, glad you guys are here in Houston. Uh, the beers are great. Thanks, uh, man. They've done real well here at Drink of Ages. And uh, it was fun seeing you run into you guys at JBF last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Right yeah. before I got choked out by Macho Man Randy Savage. Nice. Yeah, he, he did choke me out a little bit, but it was worth it. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I was going to say, yeah, I, it wasn't Macho Man. Macho there. Man would have been weird. You, you must have really got choked out. <laughs> yeah. well, it, it was GABF. Dang, so what, what post party was that? we got there, uh, yeah, in Denver on top of that. It's a low right. price for a story. It is. That's right. <laughs>
But uh, no, congratulations on all the success, and I'm glad you guys are here in Texas. And I look forward to actually, man. Some sometime this summer, man, we'll roll up there to OKC and we'll love it. Come we'll hang love out it. at the brewery. I'll drive you up. You want to go uh, take a couple days off? We'll. Uh, I'll drive you up. And we'll go have a good old time. We'd love man, it. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Well, Thanks for uh, having us on, Blake, man. Toby. Thank you guys. And uh, yeah, man. This, uh, I, like I said, man, my fourth segment beer Cheers. is delicious. The DNR. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Whiskey on, man. and chocolate. Yeah, buddy. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, everybody have a safe weekend. Happy Easter. Happy um, Easter. Don't forget to pick up your crawlers for you know your Easter festivities. Mm-hmm. And, man, if you want to listen to the old shows, you can go to drinkofages.com. You can find us on SoundCloud or on iTunes as well. And, man, everybody be safe. Go Astros. Glad season's starting. Hell yeah. Let's go Less Rockets. 24 hours away. Oh, man, it's just exciting. It's just exciting. All right. Talk to everybody next week.